Welcome to Blog Talk Radio in high fidelity. Good morning. This is Get Your Kids Back Now. This show is dedicated to keeping families together and to fighting the tyranny of CPS and DCFS social workers. A secondary purpose of this show is to educate parents and relatives or to at least show them where to get the necessary information for their fight. The final purpose of the show is to remind the people that change can be effectuated at the ballot box, at the state and federal levels. Let us unite, vote, and elect those who will make the necessary changes. If you are listening to the show and you want to call in to share your story or simply ask a question, you can call in at 646-668-8791. That's 646-668-8791. Good morning. I'm attorney Vince Davis, and I'm going to try to jump into the calls right away. Our first call is from area code 209, ending in 04. Well, good morning. Good morning. You're on with attorney. You're on with attorney Vince Davis. Did you have a story to tell or a question to ask? Uh, actually, kind of both. Um, I'm calling to see uh, what are basically what are statutes of limitations for uh, basically suing uh, CPS for for basically wrongdoing. Is there? You know, That's a very I mean, good I, I question. That's a very good Go ahead, question. I'm sorry. Um, are you, what state are you located in? Uh, uh, in California, in Northern California. Okay. So the general uh, rule is two years. You can sue the county within two years of the wrongful act or you learning or, sh- or should have been learning the, uh, the existence of the wrongful act. That uh, time can be expanded in certain situations, especially if you're a minor when the when the event happens. Um, so you know there, it, it depends. Is the, is the real answer? I'm sorry, I can't tell you. But okay. definitely two years. But that's just the general rule. The real answer it depends on the facts and circumstances. If you want to tell me a little bit about what happened. I can then tell you what my professional opinion is with respect to your statute of limitations. Okay, uh, awesome. I'll, I'll go ahead and start. Uh, my wife and I, uh, we had adopted three children. You know, we went through the process of uh, you know becoming foster parents and you know learning CPR. CP, uh, sorry, uh, C, so, uh, sorry, I'm getting all tongue tied here. Uh, you know, learning the process of everything to, uh, you know, become foster parents and adopt children because that's really what our heart was. You know, we, oops, sorry. Uh, you know, so that's where our heart was, was to, you know, to help children. So, uh, you know, during mm-hmm. the process, we were placed with uh, three children and uh, the three children, they had, you know, uh, severe issues because they were, you know, they were neglected, they were abused, uh, molested, you know, all kinds of things. Uh, and, you know, the state kind of failed to, you know, they didn't tell us anything as far as their history-wise and all this other stuff. Uh, and the kids started getting older. We started realizing that they had psychological issues. Uh, the oldest mm-hmm. child, you know, he ended up having ADHD, RADS. You know, he would go 50-150. He would just run away whenever he felt like it. Uh, and, the, you know, the second child, you know, she liked, you know, 
get attention however she can get the attention. And that's where she would sit there and she would make allegations of abuse. So, uh, you know, there were a few times where, you know, she would sit there and uh, she'd go to school and you should tell one of the teachers or something like that, that, hey, look what my dad did to me. You know, and it would always come back, you know, blame it on me. And, uh, you know, so, the, you know, they the end up calling the police, CPS, all this other stuff. They strip it down butt naked, you know, and they detained me for like eight hours, you know, accusing me of, uh, you know, all this abuse going on. And uh, stating that she told them that I hit her with a belt, you know, turns turns out later on, uh, you know, later evening when we took her to ER, that she just had a case of ringworms. Uh, later on, I would say uh, the following year, um, you know, she made more allegations, uh, this time towards her brother, you know, or, you know, stating that, uh, that I had abused her brother. So, uh, you know, the CPS goes and then talks to him and, you know, he says that there's nothing wrong, you know, and all this other stuff. And, um, you know, then CPS comes to my house. They show up with two police officers and, uh, you know, basically say that, hey, we need to talk to you. We need to come in. You know, so at the time, you know, I was busy. My wife lets them in. And, uh, you know, then they started uh, saying, you know, all these allegations that the kids were saying all this other stuff. So anyway, uh, the CPS uh, workers uh, told my wife that, you know, we had to sign these papers that, you know, that they felt the kids had to be removed from the house due to these allegations. Right. So I was kind of leery mm-hmm. about that. I said, well, wait a minute. I'm sorry, but do I really have to sign this paper? You know, she straight up told me, she said, well, you know, I got the two officers here. So if you want, I'm going to go back to the courthouse right now. We'll have the, uh, the judge sign a paper. You won't see the kids no more. So, I mean, now I'm sitting there like, oh, man, seriously? You know, so at this point, you know, my wife and I were like, well, hey, we don't want to make things difficult. You know, so we sign a paper. So, okay, you'll see the judge in, in you know, within three, 72 hours. Then all of a sudden, you know, this thing turned out to be, you know, worse because now they bribe the kids, you know, they're going, oh, you know, let's go to McDonald's. You know, now the child wants more and more and more and more, you know. So, I mean, you know, this stuff, mm-hmm. it never stopped. Um, meanwhile, they we went to the court hearing that the first judge offered us reunification services and all this other stuff. And then CPS intervened and they said, no, you're not getting your kids back. So they violated our visitation. So I sent them a letter saying, hey, you guys are violating a court order. You know, so now all of a sudden I present this case to a new attorney, you know, or I should say the attorney that my wife and I adopted children from. So meanwhile, they're like, you know, they're playing yo-yo with us. Um, you know, they're like, well, first you got to go do all these classes. You got to go do everything that we tell you to do. So my wife and I were, uh, you know, we went out and started, you know, we're doing these classes, taking time off of work, you know, all this other stuff, trying to see what we can do to get the kids back. Meanwhile, they never even gave us a chance to even, you know, visitations or nothing. Uh, then it came down to the point where I would say five weeks after the kids were removed, uh, they came and they arrested me. They came and arrested me, basically on two felonies. And I'm like, okay, where's this coming from? You know. And uh, then they arrested my wife because they said that she was, um, what is the word? Basically, she's a, she's an enabler for allowing this stuff to happen. Uh, meanwhile, my rights were terminated, or I should say, our rights were terminated. Terminated. Um, back i believe it was in july or june or july of this year um and you know there's there's still a criminal case going on and you know it's it's like cps really became the point where they're more like uh um a prosecutor versus trying to allow my wife and i try to even have reunification services for these children for things that they're claiming that that occurred it didn't even happen you know and the stories are so bizarre it doesn't even make sense 
you know what I mean? And uh, CPS, they really just sat there and, you know, basically told my wife and I that we're liars. They, they told the judge that I basically abused my wife and I'm failing to admit it. And that because I didn't, I will not admit to the harm that I've done to these children that I am not father material. You know, and then they said that, you know, due to the fact that I'm a foster parent is the reason and that I don't love these kids is the reason why I would do these kind of things. And just basically the fact because I want to admit to what they're saying is going on is the fact that this is how they turn in my services. Because I'm not man enough or parent enough. <laughs> so you, um, how long ago were the kids taken away? Uh, they were taken away this summer. I believe it was June or July. Or, or sorry, uh, October of last year. 2016? So it would be like right for Halloween. Oh, 16, yes. Okay, and you say your rights were terminated October or, or when, 2017? Yes, this year in, I believe it was June. So you didn't even get a full 12 months of family reunification services? I didn't get nothing, nothing. Okay, so the, for you to be safe, you would want to file a lawsuit against the social workers in your county that did this to you uh, within two right. years of October 2016. Because that's, that's when they were okay. first taken away from you, right? Correct. Okay, so you have two years from the date they took the, two, the children away from you. You might have longer. I'd have to do a separate legal analysis. But you have enough time now, so you sh if you plan on filing a lawsuit against them, uh, you should, you know, do that now. Right, and and that's what I'm looking forward to. I mean, that's where I was calling you and, you know, um, seeing if this is something where you, you have expertise in, or if you have some, you know, if you if you know of a, a law firm that aggressively goes after these guys, because when when you do Google searching, I mean, there's not a whole lot of anything. You know what I mean? And it seems like, you know, and, and when I was in my right. classes, you know, up here, uh, you know, they're forced me to take, uh, you should see there's so many people that they're doing wrong and doing to, you know, and I'm, it, I don't know, it's a scary, uh, you know, CPS is not there for the children. They're there to, uh, you know, they're there for to, to the children for an extent, but they're out to do more harm than they are to do good. And, you know, I used to be on yeah, the other side of, money. of this because, yeah, and I, and I did not know that until after, till now. You know, the whole time that I was, you know, my wife and I, we adopted these children. I mean, they're telling us this or telling us that. And I was like, man, we're really doing good. You know, and the fact that we're sitting there taking on three kids that uh, that had issues and CPS even failed to you know, tell us about, you know, and then all of a sudden they turn around and they, uh, they do this to us. I mean, <laughs> I don't know. Right. You know, so um, if you would like to talk further about your case and the possibility of us handling it, do you mind saying what county you're in? Uh, yeah. You want me to go ahead and say it now or? Yeah, just tell me. Okay, yeah. Yeah, I live, uh, I live in Stanislaus County. If you'd like to talk to me more about this case and the possibility of us taking on after nine o'clock today, I want you to call this number. Let me know when you have a pen and a piece of paper. Okay, go ahead. It's triple eight triple eight six five eight two eight 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 
888-688-6582. So call that number, about say about 9.15 okay. this morning, and make an appointment to speak to me privately. I want to tell you, um, just before we sign off, that it is important for you to register to vote, you and your wife, and to exercise your vote with respect to electing officials in Sacramento to change laws and electing judges who are family friendly and just not um, right. you know rubber stamps for CPS. It, so right, and that's exactly. Okay. Yeah, that's another thing my wife and I found out too. Is this this particular judge, uh, she was not voted in. She was appointed by Arnold Schwarzenegger, and uh, she was actually an attorney for CPS before she got moved up into being a being a judge. So I mean, these CP, you know, she's buddy buddies with these uh, CPS workers. So I mean, it's you know, it's a big nightmare, you know. And then the other part that really got me too, then as this was taking so long, is the fact that. On the criminal side, you know, to deal with the arrests, uh, the, the judge was married to the CPS attorney. Well, we're like, no, no, you know, no, 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 we got to have him remove himself from the bench, you know? <laughs> right, right. So, but right. yeah, I mean, it just shows the corruption okay, well, within the go- government itself. Okay, well, good luck to you. Please call me, make that appointment. I look forward to talking to you at, at a later date. Okay, and that, that number again was 888 888 6582. Correct. Okay, awesome. All right, I'll give you a call after uh, after nine o'clock. Thank you very much. Thank you. Have a good day. Mm-hmm. Well, I'll call all the way up from up north from Stanislaus County, having problems with CPS. Okay, I'm going to take another call right now. Area code nine five one, ending in four two. Good morning. You're on with Attorney Vincent Davis. Did you have a story to tell or a question to ask? Good morning. Hello? Hello. Good morning. Can you hear us? I'm going to have to take another call. Seems like we're having some technical difficulties with this call. Okay, I'm going to take a call from area code 323, ending in 76. Good morning. You're on with Attorney Vince Davis. Did you have a story to tell or a question to ask? A story to tell. Can you hear me? I can hear you Hello? loud and clear. Go ahead with your story. Okay. I um, can hear okay. You. Well, okay. Uh, first of all, I am in um, Sacramento County and currently going through a CPS um, issue, obviously. Um, this started with the fact that um, my son, who has special needs, went to school and um, said some things to his teacher. What he said is kind of still a, a question, but she, I guess, made a call to um, CPS and uh, CPS had came out. And so what happened was um, 
initially uh, we had lived in in LA County and then I had an emergency and came to Sacramento. And so um, once we got here, um, it kind of, I guess, followed our, you know, whatever, however it happened. And then um, the social worker had came to my house and, you know, was saying things about, um, I have two boys. One is the 11-year-old that I'm talking about and a four-month-old. So the four-month-old father um, was, I guess, what they were complaining about, saying that, you know, he was um, emotionally abusing my my son. So then um, once that happened, they were trying to, um, they were taking someone had came to a CPS emergency worker had came and was telling me, you know, about um, the things that got reported by a mandated reporter from school. And so um, they ended up coming to get my, my kids um, and I guess served a, uh, a, a, some kind of warrant, a CPS warrant or something like that um, had picked up my kids and when I let them know that, um, you know, that nobody had, you know, told me anything about what was really going on, um, basically, so they were saying that I get a chance to go before the judge. And I was at work when they had my, when they took my kids. My mom had, um, which is a grandmother, she was babysitting them while I was at school. And then an officer on the phone and let me know that they were taking my kids and that um, we would see a judge within, you know, 72 hours. And so um, initially that was um, October, that was October 31st, which was Halloween. So ever since then that they've, they've had my kids and I, I went to the hearing and the hearing um, was the judge was trying to locate, I guess, you know, the, the parents, me and my son's father and the baby's father. And so um, they ignored the baby's father, never served him any papers, nothing um, to let him know anything. And then um, for the 11 year old, um, I never, I have never talked to the the father of my 11 year old. I've just had him. And so um, basically they made an attempt to find the father and basically they just, um, they, dug wherever they dug and came up with this person who was a correctional inmate um, in Mill Creek County, um, I guess, over there. And I told the judge that I don't know this man. I've never been with him. I've never slept with him. I don't even know who he is. And the judge said that he, um, um, that he was able or he was willing to come forward, you know, to, to take a paternity test for my, my 11 year old. And I'm telling him, I don't know this man. So what happens is they summon this, um, this inmate from Mill Creek County and to come to court and they gave my information, um, my personal information to this inmate. And the inmate ended up writing me a letter from the correctional facility to my personal home. And the inmate let me know every case. So basically they, everything that was in the case, he knows about my children's names, my, me, um, my son's father and everybody that's involved in the case. And when I let the judge know, um, you know, he was like, 
um, I said, I don't, I don't know this man. He said, well, he's willing to come forth. He's like, I'm going to allow it to, to happen. And so basically it's taking time away from my children for us to get back together because now I have to allow um, for him to make transportation to get counsel and my hearing is going to be held over into um, January 10th. So then um, we had another uh, hearing, I guess the um, courtrooms changed and they had to let, you know, us know. And I got assigned to a commissioner and to my knowledge, she was new and she didn't know that um, my information had been, you know, let out. Um, you know, like that and that I received. So when I let her know, I said, um, my information was given out, you know, without my knowledge. And um, she was saying that um, most information is public information until you request it, you know, to be confidential. But she had shook her head, you know, about when I told her, but she really couldn't give me any advice, you know, while she was on the bench. And so um, that happened. And so in the meanwhile, um, I've been having um, issues, you know, dealing with my children with these, the foster um, agencies that my children are assigned to, which is two, two separate foster agencies. And so the social worker that I work with um, has been quite difficult, kind of like playing games, you know, about, you know, my children and um, the holidays. My children miss Thanksgiving. I had brought it up to the court and he did nothing about that. My son, um, once they arranged the visitations, um, you know, they were having the children come um, all together instead of doing separate, you know, visits, but um, I was starting to see them. And then just recently, um, because I was starting to notice in the visits that certain things were going on with my four month old and that my 11-year-old's, you know, hair and hair care and hygiene stuff wasn't being taken care of, and that the four-month-old was, you know, starting to, you know, shake and, you know, just be startled by, you know, it seems like loud noises and doors and, and things like that. And um, I would note it, you know, in the report because we had supervised visits, and there was a coordinator from the foster agency that used to monitor us, you know, during the visits. And every time that I made, you know, um, a notice about something, they took it and wrote it down as if it was I was being aggressive and that I was angry and it would get back to the social worker. And then after so many, um, I guess, notes to him, you know, he was saying that, you know, um, the visit had stopped um, once I made this last um, notice, which was my four month old seemed to me that he was having a some kind of a um, breathing attack and while we were in the visiting room and I asked um, one of the coordinators to call 911 or you know if they had a medical person on hand and so the coordinator um, was not showing to me that he had experience in a crisis situation so I ended up calling 911 on my phone and and when one came and they came and checked out the baby and they ended up taking the baby to Kaiser. And so um, because we don't have the children back yet, they were saying that I couldn't go. But I said, it's a public place. I don't have to be in the vicinity of where they're at, but I can, you know, I can be in a public place. And so um, I went to go 
and, you know, just to make sure everything was, you know, okay. And nobody showed up with my baby. Um, it was about an hour before the coordinator even got to Kaiser. The foster mother wasn't there. And so the baby was back there with the doctors and the ambulance people. And um, nobody was there. And so I'm watching all of this and I'm trying to make sure that, you know, I don't get in trouble, you know, behind their games of what they do. And so everything got wrote down um, about what they were doing. And so now after that incident happened with the baby, um, my visits were cut off, which means I never seen um, my 11 year old anymore. And I didn't see my four month old. And when I called a foster agency, um, of my 11 year old, um, they were saying that, you know, the visits were, um, suspended because, um, when my son, I guess they had put in a seven day TDM and my son got sent to another foster agency, but the baby stayed with the, the original foster agency. And then, um, so they cut off the visits and were, you know, screwing me around, not giving me any information about where my children were. Um, and then I found out later on that my son had ran away from the original foster care agency. So he ran away a couple times and nobody had let me know. And then um, this last time um, um, when he ran, when he ran away, um, someone found him in Walmart on Florin Road in Sacramento, um, running around in, in Walmart. And um, it just happened for happenstance that my uncle was in Walmart at that time and had picked him up and uh, dropped him off at my cousin's house. My cousin called me and said, you need to call me back immediately. Um, it's an urgent matter. And I called her back and she let me know that my son was there so i immediately went over there to try to find out what happened my son was saying that the foster parent was using me as leverage to get him to do what she wanted and saying that um if she, if he doesn't do what she wants him to do that he was not going to she was not going to okay his visit to come see me and so um my that's why my son had had ran away and so when i I'm making emails and I'm making a paper trail of everything that's going on. Then I'm calling and making sure um, I talk to the social worker. He did not return my calls. The foster agency had not returned my calls. I was calling her and emailing her as well. And then when I finally got through, um, a social worker answered and was saying that um, she could take a message, but um, that the main foster um, agency lady was um, in a meeting. And every time I called, she was in a meeting. And so um, I went I went to the foster agency um, with the father and asked, you know, what is going on? Because nobody was giving me information. I didn't have the new information about the foster agency that had my son after he transferred out of this one. And then I didn't have any information um, with the baby, the four month old, because the visits were cut off until now. I just recently, yesterday, made um, some calls and I had to call the ombudsman. I had to call um, the placement agency person who places these kids in foster care for these agencies when they have um, a home to go to. I talked to her and they all told me, they, all of them were pointing at 
the social worker, that the social worker is the one that has the power, you know, to, to change things. And um, I said, well, it was court ordered. Our visits, you know, have to, have to be done. And, um, and so what they were saying was that um, since the father that was in the home, that our visits have to be separate. And I said, but we're not getting the visits at all. And basically through this whole time, the father of the four month old has never been served. And they made a big thing about him being around my 11 year old. So basically it was a verbal no contact order um, that was put in place. Um, The father of the four month old um, was never served a proof of service to come to court. His name has been slandered all the way through this case up until the point now um, since they've taken um, both children, um, the four-month-old and the 11-year-old. And up until yesterday, I talked to the social worker, and so things are being put where I'm trying to get the visits back on. I finished my DV victim classes. I've finished my short-term counseling classes. And I've been, um, you know, just cooperative with them. And our our hearing date is held over till January 10th because this bogus person, um, the inmate, the um, judge has to allow time for him to have transportation to come down here um, to even be, to even take a, a paternity test because I don't know him. I've never known anything. And so we're waiting in time along with the Indian, um, the Indian welfare, I guess. Um, they have to check and see if you're, you know, related or any ancestry. Um, so when the judge asked me last time, so basically this is, this is what's happening. And I'm waiting till January 10th, um, you know, to, to find out what they're going to do because the judge, you know, just sustained that the children be in foster care until they find out what happened but it's just you know i'm getting time away from christmas i just had the four month old in july 11th and i had a cesarean and um yesterday um i had to go to you know um the doctor because i started having anxiety you know behind this i felt like i was having a heart attack and you know it was just really really a lot going on in this and they're not right. Um, the social worker has lied to my face about things. Um, he acts like he's really for me, but then behind my back, you know, I start um, hearing things about what he said to the foster agency. And up until yesterday, the lady um, at the main foster agency had filled me in about what was going on, who was saying what, and who stopped what. And basically, it was a safety issue um, that, you know, things were going on, and there was a lot of miscommunications. He was not filling me in on anything. I was guessing, you know, everything. And so this is where I'm at, you know, basically, um, me and my um, son's father were fighting to get the four-month and 11-year-old back, but his name is being slandered, and he hasn't had a chance to really... um, prove himself because they haven't served a proof of service from the time that this, um, from the time that this started till now. So I'm being, um, they're charging me with, you know, just um, neglect, I guess, and not being able to have a, they're saying domestic violence issues that, 
you know, that that was going on and that's what the child had, you know, re- reported, you know, that, um, that he was, you know, doing stuff to me and that I have failed to, um, to protect the child. And so basically they served the warrant, um, saying that the child was in imminent danger and came and took those kids. When did that happen? Um, the beginning or, or when did they that take was, the children? Uh, they took the children, um, October, October 27th. It was. Did anybody ever show you a warrant that they could take your children from you? They never showed it to me. I have papers, um, that they checked off and said that, um, you know, they had my kid's name on it, um, and then that was it. They never really showed me anything. Did anybody ever tell you they had a warrant? Uh, the police officer did on the phone. Okay. Let me ask you something. Um, you called me with a 323 number. You're in Sacramento County, though? Yes. Okay. So do you have a pen and a piece of paper? I do. Okay, I'm going to give you a number. I want you to call it at 9.15 a.m. and make an appointment to talk to me privately. There's a lot going on in your case. I might be able to give you some information that will help you get your children back, probably bring a lawsuit against the social workers in the county of Sacramento. And... um, So so we'll talk more in depth, but my telephone number for the call is Mm -hmm. 888-888-6582. That's 888-888-6582. Okay, I got it. Your name is, I'm I'm sorry, just so I know. My name is Attorney Vince Davis. Okay. All right. I'm involved in a case up in Sacramento County right now in the juvenile dependency system, and I've recently received some very disturbing information that may be corroborating my client's allegations that social workers up there routinely um, exaggerate or don't tell the truth in um, juvenile court proceedings. I'm waiting to see the evidence. I haven't seen it yet. But if I do, I told my uh, client that I'd move up to Sacramento and start representing all of the people that are, um, you know, being taken advantage of, of up there. I did do this case up in Sacramento um, for her, and uh, I, I just find it very disturbing what's happening in Sacramento County. Anyway, that's the number. Give me a call okay. uh, and make that appointment to talk to me later, okay? Sure, yes. Thank you very much, and have a great day. Thank you. More disturbing news from Sacramento County. All right. I'm going to take another call. This is from uh, ending in 4-2. Hello. Good Good morning. You're on with Attorney Vince Davis. Did you have a question to ask or a story to tell? Um, I have a story and a question. I um, am currently a client, and I had a meeting yesterday. It's called a CFT, uh, Child Family Team Meeting, and it's where, um, unfortunately, attorneys 
were not invited apparently. Um, but it's, it was me. I'm the mother of the children. My mother was there who is the caretaker of the children currently. Um, my uncle, which would be my dad's brother. And then my, um, ex in-laws were there as well. And the social worker and the supervisor. The meeting um, was basically my children have been removed from since Valentine's Day this year, so it's February 14th. I was never served a warrant, um, and I just recently had a six-month, um, I don't remember what it's called, um, the six-month hearing, and they were supposed to... Uh, It's cutting out. Is that on both ends? No, I can hear you loud and clear. Okay. Um, anyways, this uh, social worker was supposed to have the privilege to increase um, frequency and duration of my newly unsupervised visits with my children. Um, after seven weeks, it was increased one time for two hours. After the visit yesterday, um, the the supervisor stated very clearly because my mom has been interfering with the reunification process with my children and I, and um, the supervisor made it very clear that if she was asked by the judge, is there any reason why the mom, me, cannot have my children back? Is there any concerns or anything? Her answer is no, that I have shown in many ways by jumping through all those hoops. Um, completing my domestic violence, parenting classes, therapy, and ongoing therapy on my own um, uh, account that I have, you know, shown basically that I'm willing and have made significant changes. Um, I'm curious as to why then I do not have my kids. And at the time, nothing was even discussed to um, extend my visits. Uh, my next court hearing isn't until April. Christmas was brought up. I've given every possible um, opportunity for another family that's a really good family friend who is in the foster system. They're foster parents, and they don't have any foster children right now, so their home is open. Um, they have volunteered to either take the kids or even, you know, have them over holidays so that I can be with my children to not give the social worker any reason whatsoever for me to not have my kids. And yet my mom uh, has, again, for this holiday, scheduled out a 10-day period where she will be on vacation with my children for Christmas. Where is she going? To Big Bear. Okay. Hold on a second because I'm taking down some notes. What was the uh, supervisor's name? Catherine. They also, uh, my mom now is trying to say that um, I have mental issues, <laughs> which she's been saying this from the beginning. And I have several doctors um, that have done uh, uh, psychological evaluations. All have come back that even under the amount of stress that I am under, I have no medical clinical issues whatsoever. 
not even depression. And um, they're trying to say that now that's something that they want me to have done. Again, through one of their doctors as the request of my mother, even though I've already this year, including going to see their therapist who has cleared me um, and was also there at that visit yesterday. The therapist was there? Mm-hmm. Did you say that um, the social they are asking you now to do a psychological evaluation? Yes, my mom from the beginning has been stating that I have mental issues, and so therefore they've had me go see a yeah, they've had me go see this therapist that they referred me to. And I've been doing that, and they told me to only go for, I think it was six or eight weeks. Well, I've been going now for um, months. He's he's offered to continue to see me if I chose to continue. And, I, you know, sure, why not? And um, he now has given his opinion that that's what they asked him for. And now they, they're requesting me to go to a different doctor to have a different psychological evaluation, even though he has stated there is nothing, no concern whatsoever. What's, um, is there any way that you can text me or provide me otherwise the name of the, of that therapist? Name and contact information. Also, did you tell me that this meeting took place yesterday? It did take place yesterday. Who did they say they want you? Did they give you the name of a person they want you to see? No, but they told me that it was very expensive. For them to do it? Um, Well, that's what I was under the impression that they were going to do that. And when my therapist and I talked after the visit, he said um, that that was definitely not clear on their part if they were going to be paying for that or not. And... um, he doesn't feel that I have, like, anything to worry about doing it, but he doesn't feel that I should be having to do these things. I've already done all of the requested things. just they con- they're continuing to prolong. Um, he's also been able to prove through my childhood and issues uh, and now what my mom is doing with my children, possible Munchausen. Um, by proxy, I cannot say that word. And he has uh, informed the social worker, yeah, and the supervisor, and she's now able to see all of these things that my mom is doing. My mom even said yesterday that that she has threatened that now, and she even threatened that yesterday like three times and then gave specific examples of what my mom is doing or saying that's interfering with the reunification with my children. So it's just a threat after threat of pulling the kids, um, but it's the fear of uh, damaging my children more. And my mom has um, shown that my children, both of which now are having anxiety attacks, panic attacks. One, my son just recently had one at school on Wednesday. And the supervisor finally yesterday said, uh, there is nothing that shows whatsoever 
that the anxiety are caused by a negative effect from the mother. So there was nothing negative said about me, which therefore I'm wondering why don't I have my kids back <laughs> or at least increased visits or, you know, anything. Who, um, what did the social worker, not the supervisor, what did the social worker say? Um, well, that's the other part that the supervisor apologized for was um, I've had several social workers. Um, I just got this new one, and she's only been on the case for about two, almost two weeks. And she came and met with my children and I um, um, two Mondays ago and then went to my parents' house to see the children interact at their home with them. And uh, her first impression already was negative, not with me. She did say that the children show no anxiety with me. They seem very happy and content, safe and secure, um, that I am, do structured visits. Um, but that when she went to my parents' residence to see the children, she was bombarded with um, a court reporter there that was a friend of my mom's, my in-laws, and my mom and my dad, which all um, bombarded her when she walked in the door, and she clearly stated, this is not going to be a bitch session. You know, she came there specifically and gave specific details as to why she was going was to see the children and did not even get to conduct the proper meeting as why she went there. So there are plenty of things that are going on that are wrong on my mom's behalf, and yet she still has my children. Correct. And now that we've been in this just, for long enough, yesterday I didn't have to say much. The supervisor and social worker from the little time, they came over and cleared my new apartment, two-bedroom, two-bathroom. She was able to see that the children will have food, each their own bed, clothes, etc. Okay. Uh, the other big concern I have is my ex-husband is still on drugs and is still seeing our children. And I have, my children had a little performance last night and he was there and he was higher than a kite. And the supervisor and social worker are both aware. And it says in our court papers from the last um, court hearing we had that he is to stay away from drugs and alcohol and that give other things. He is doing that and he is still around the children. And my daughter is having anxiety knowing he's not better. She is old enough to see and know. Okay. I want you to write down this number and at 9.15, call my office, make an appointment to speak to me tomorrow. Yes, I know it's Sunday, but this is important, these new developments, developments that happened yesterday's uh, meeting. And generally, I don't advise clients to go to these types of meetings without the lawyer. But I sense that something like this may be coming up. So I didn't make a big deal about uh, us not going with you. But now that the social worker has said these statements, those are clues 
or warning signs to us or messages to us that we must act now to get these kids moved and replaced back with you. So call the office today after yeah, I agree. 9, 15 a.m. Make an appointment. Okay. Speaking to me tomorrow at Sunday, as we've been talking, I was emailing uh, Denise and Davion about things that I wanted done starting on Monday. So I'll be talking to you later today or tomorrow uh, on Sunday. Okay. And I did want to remind you that you did make the effort to attend, um, but that was shut down. And so right. it, you, you know, you did do your, most definitely did your part on it. Um, I didn't make a big deal out of it because I thought things were going to come up right. that were favorable to you. And I didn't want them not Agreed. to have the meeting if I showed up. But I want to tell you and Agreed. all the listeners, it is, it is my professional opinion that a social worker requiring you to attend any meeting and not allowing your attorney is a, is a violation of your Sixth Amendment constitutional right and your right to the Fourteenth Amendment and your due process. They're government, and I'm glad you brought that up. Agents. They're governmental agents, and you have the right to have an attorney whenever you speak to them. But anyway, I look forward to talking to you very soon, ma'am. Thank you. Thank you for call. Thank you for calling. Okay, we have a few more minutes left. I'm going to take another call. Yes. Good morning. Did you have a story to tell or a question to ask? Good morning, Mr. Davis. I have a question to ask. This is Fox Sloan calling from Santa Cruz County. Can you hear me? Fox, good morning to you. How are you? I'm doing really good. Um, I got an email from Medically Kidnapped. It's a, a group that fights uh, Department of Health and Human Services in their child trafficking by using medical issues to take children from parents. They brought up an issue that happened in Arizona where they had a federally mandated Citizens Review Board that sat and took complaints from families about how CPS was operating. The state decided to terminate that program. Now here in Santa Cruz County, we had a state mandated building and fire code review board where residents could go with issues they were having with the planning department and their overreach. Because we had a chance for justice and to have our issues reviewed by carpenters and architects and geologists who knew what the heck they were talking about, we got uh, some really civilized decisions. Because the county could not extract large amounts of money through their kangaroo court, they illegally and under fraud terminated the state mandated program. Well, I called Sacramento yesterday, called the Department of Health and Human Services and asked, where is our review board? And I had brought this question up at the system improvement planning steering committee meeting in the past and we're having one on Monday. And if anyone has a system improvement or SIP 
steering committee, uh, committee meeting in their county, they need to attend to find out what these people are up to. But we had been uh, calling Sacramento over the past several years, and when Sacramento Department of Health and Human Services has no idea what I'm talking about, where is this federally mandated Citizens Review Board to hear our complaints? They referred me to the omnibusman, and <laughs> like, news to you, omnibusman is the enemy. We took our complaints to the omnibusman. She was head of CPS, and all she was concerned about was covering her butt. So, Mr. Davis, what do you know about our right to a citizen's appeals board? Um, what county are you guys in? You said Santa Cruz? Santa Cruz. I believe that you always have the right to a citizen's appeal board, although, in my opinion, it doesn't have the, the how should I say it, the strength to enforce or make changes. Changes, in my view, can only be made probably at the ballot box in terms of changing laws, legislators, um, changing, you know, voting in, um, you know, the propositions in California write-in laws are called propositions, changing the law that way, voting for family-friendly judges uh, who will support the reunification or the keeping of families together. I think that you're entitled to it. I think that if you brought a lawsuit trying to enforce that right, you'll get it. But in the long run, Will that really give you the change that you're looking for? I don't know. And in the past, um, the little that I do know, it hasn't been people that go before these citizen review boards. I mean, whatever the review board decides, there's no usually no teeth to implement it. And that's the problem. You, know, you getting referred to the ombudsman is just trying to brush you under the rug, you know, and we don't right. really care about what you have to say, what you have to say, Well, you know. Um, I'm telling you, ballot box or lawsuit, that those are the only thing these people understand. Well, on the good news front, uh, Will Mina, who is uh, head of RaiseYourRights.org, she and others in Santa Clara, San Luis Obispo County have been meeting with Senator Beal, B-E-A-L-L, -L, and he is drafting legislation to give parents' families right to a jury trial in these child custody situations. What Senator is asking is that anybody and everybody that has had an issue with either divorce court or dependency court to please write him a letter, keep it to one page, bullet points, what you've suffered, how you've suffered, who's involved, and get it to him so he can take these letters to the California State Senate and get this initiative on the ballot next year. That sounds like an excellent idea. Yeah, it's in the works. It's in the works. We just, I'm gathering letters from friends and people all over the state, not necessarily in his district, but all over the state of California because it is so important 
that our voices and our stories be heard and it, and, and it gets in front of the Senate that, that this legislation is of utmost importance to our civilization. You know, Fox, I was thinking about you earlier this week and I was thinking about, you know, another way to pass laws in California is through the proposition process. You know, uh, I don't know if you remember some very famous propositions where I believe Prop 13 dealt with uh, property tax for homeowners. And then I right. think the three strikes law was a proposition, if I'm not mistaken. But significant changes can be made by the proposition process, and that's really a grassroots process that bypasses the state legislature. Have you ever thought about um, being or forming a group, and I'd work with you, about trying to write some propositions that would affect and change juvenile court law? Oh, it, it would be myself, and I'm telling you, uh, dozens of us here in Central California would also assist. And we were told that if we got like 100,000, 125,000 signatures or letters, that they it wouldn't have to go to the ballot. It would be an emergency initiative, and they would pass it right away. So I'm I'm not a legal authority. You are, but absolutely my hat's in the ring with you to make these things happen and save our families. Well, Fox, I'm very serious about this. Let's talk about this later this week um, privately, and let's get this going because, look, there are a lot of things that need to be changed. I'm tired of just talking about it. I need to do something. We need to take action. Yeah, I'm I'm going to be working this week on this uh, uh, Citizens Review Board. Uh, it's going to jam them up big time in their court system. Uh, I, I've got to get to the bottom of it and get it restored or found, whatever it takes. So I will be talking to you. Merry Christmas and Happy Hanukkah. Thank you, Thank you very much. God bless you. Bye-bye. Okay, folks, that's going to have to wrap up this Saturday's show. We have about a minute and 10 seconds left. Before signing off, I want to um, stress to everyone, request to register to vote, that you vote in your local, state, and federal elections. Remember, when you vote in your local elections, and those you know, votes that you cast for judges, Make sure that those judges are family-friendly judges because one day those judges may end up going to your local CPS or DCFS or Juvenile Dependency Court. Um, someone has contacted me about making a list and making recommendations about judges and who to vote for. So we're going to be looking into that and perhaps working on that in the future. Also, you want to be able to make sure that you, as a registered voter, you contact your local legislator, that's your state legislator, your state senator, and make recommendations with respect to laws and how they affect the law court system. I will be seeing you next week on the radio on Get Your Kids Back Now. Hope to hear from you.